from worlds beyond to right at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Immediately Shit. beefed it. No, no, you crushed no, it. No. no, we're leaving it in. That's right. We are joined this week by a guest. You heard a third voice. This week, All My Fantasy Children, the greatest podcast ever devised, is joined by the most powerful game designer, brilliant human being, and powerful warlock, Taylor Labresh. What up, friends, and welcome to the RSS Defiant. We are four friends with two missions. The first is to have fun. The second is to objectively rank every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Jeff oh. and Aaron, <laughs> did y'all watch the episode this week? Uh, Fuck yeah, I watched <laughs> Deep Space. They went deep, and they went into space. They got in there. And I, uh, I appreciated uh, the plot line where... Uh, I appreciated the plot line where they started a union... <laughs> And I liked great. learning that yeah. I like learning that O'Brien's ancestor is was murdered by uh, Union oh, Busters. Yeah. yeah, he's a Union yeah. man through and through. I loved that when the space Starbucks when they staged that walkout and they were like, "We're not mm-hmm. going deep space anymore until you pay us fair wage." And Captain Picard was like, "Fuck, what am I gonna do? My wages." <laughs> that was wild. So, Aaron, I do need to note that, like, I do need to note that that is an actual episode oh, yeah. of Deep Space Nine. Wait, and the serious? plot line that you did, the plot line that you just described is actually pretty much exactly <laughs> how the plot of- <laughs> I have never seen an episode of Star Trek in my life. It is uh, quite literally uh, a space bar, the, the staff of the space bar stage a <laughs> walkout and the captain of Deep Space Nine has to get involved because like, oh no, there seems to be almost an open revolt unfolding on my space station. I have done it again, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm delighted at how I, how you just were like, that's the plot. And I was like, yes, it is. Uh, I love it. Real quick. Welcome, listener, to All My Fantasy Children, a tabletop-inspired podcast with world-building, storytelling, and character creation inspired by listener-submitted prompts. Each week, we take a listener-submitted prompt, spin it to original fantasy character, legendary weapon, worldview, legend, myth, what have you, and add it to our original fantasy universe we've lovingly dubbed Fantasy. And this week, we're joined by Taylor LaPresh. Taylor, welcome to MFC. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, I am delighted to be here. I am a longtime appreciator of your program, um, and it has really just been a joy to be involved in the creation process of this episode. I think yes. it's something that I can look back and be proud on in my artistic milieu. That means a lot to me, because you're kind of one of the people who <laughs> helps the show out a lot. But seriously, all right, so let's let's be serious for a minute. <laughs> So, fun fact is Taylor is our friend in real life, and without Taylor Labresh, there kind of would be no podcast, because back in the early days, when, like, <laughs> nobody was listening to this show, Taylor Labresh would be like, this show fucking bangs, here's some prompts, and we were like, wait, really? It's, it's good? Like, Taylor, you're kind of, re- you're responsible for literally episode one, Slip Willis, <laughs> yeah. but also... Your kind of like optimism and like I Aww. love this. This is the shit has helped us keep going throughout the years. This is very genuinely true. <laughs> yes, it is one hundred percent true that there would be no show that's continuing without people like yourself, especially you, super early on, being like, "Yo, this show bangs! Mm. Like, keep making it. I'm enjoying it because you know 
without people like telling you, you don't mm-hmm. fucking know. When you start out a thing, nobody listens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unless you're already fam- unless you're Anna Ferris, you know, <laughs> you have a successful podcast just from fucking spitting into a mic. Us, oh, but nobody's, you know? <laughs> so people like you saying that like this is my shit. I love it. I can't wait to see what's next. You're like, oh, then I guess we're gonna make another one. Hell Fuck yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So I, I have to thank you and I'm very excited that you're on the show because there would be no show without you. Oh. Well It's very true. I, yeah. I I don't I don't have a v- way of processing those feelings. Um <laughs> <laughs> It's so uh, true that like any any I put quote success or like just the success of the show running for what six years now, you are something yeah. like that. You are directly the source of any victories this show has had well i mean so here's the thing is i'm just gonna 180 uh and say like thank you thank you to you and to jeff for consistently putting banger after banger episode out like i i've said it for six years amfc is my absolute favorite podcast like full Ah. stop and sentence like it's just such like a really enjoyable enthusiastic and earnest way of like engaging with the things that i love like i love role-playing games i love fantasy i love like friends shooting the shit and being stupid you know um <laughs> that's us <laughs> Gen- genuinely very, a, a thread that runs extremely deeply in the show yeah and like i i would be remiss especially with the friends being stupid and shooting the shit to say like um, I do want to give a shout out to my friend Dylan, who may or may not be listening, uh, who actually he played Slip Willis in uh, uh, a game of Dungeon World. He was the, oh, the bard yeah. with the ostentatious hat. That's um, right. Who like I then like that. I was like, oh, shit, I could submit prompts. Dylan, I'm submitting Slip Willis. Little to no. Uh, you oh, know, <laughs> it helped create a literal like almost most of the universe is like based on that the first and the second episode. <laughs> right. So yeah. like yeah. So it's it's fucking wild. And also for but first before we go any more with praise, who are you? What do you do? Tell me about all the cool stuff you do for listeners at home can know. Yeah, uh, I'm Taylor. I am. I thought a little bit about this one, and I I think it's it's <laughs> it's bubbling on thoughts that I've had for like at least a couple years now in RPGs. Is like I'm an amateur game designer and podcaster, which means hey, like same. I really have no intention whatsoever of like a making any money off of this. Like if I can get beer <laughs> money, that's great, cool. I'm not like I'm I'm thankful that I am lucky enough to like have a day job that pays all my bills and shit that I don't mm-hmm. need to do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the the time in my life when I was engaging with this this art form in a way that was like trying to chase dollars, I think like really ruined the love that I had for tabletop RPGs and now I'm like kind of jaded and and feeling a little less optimistic about it. But that's not the energy that I want to stay on and linger on in the show. Um so I'm With like, that realism we welcome here. We welcome that shit. Yeah, yeah. that's real. That's real that's shit. Real we shit. <laughs> we don't pretend to be fucking smiley, bouncy Muppets. Yeah. Until the episode starts. <laughs> so this year for, for 2022, I told myself I was going to try a new hobby or a new art form every month. Um, and like really embrace the like the amateur like rough around the edges. I'm doing this just to like see what it feels like to do it. And like if it feels great, I'm going to keep doing it. Um, so like I tried wood carving, I made a couple little foxes and that was very fun. Um, I'm currently, (laughs) 
I'm exploring. That's awesome. I'm exploring the really like primordial loving uh, hobby of just playing around with dirt, uh, and so I Ooh. have. Uh, I've been really like hooked on uh, this YouTube channel where it's this dude in Australia, and he just like his whole hobby is that he hangs out in the bush and he just builds stuff out of mud. That's awesome. I'm trying to do some of that shit. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> and just like, you know, just being a dirty goblin, like worm of a person also making art and producing things that people enjoy. Uh, at one point, I ran a podcast called Game Closet, which was uh, an informal chat show with queer and LGBT plus folks in tabletop RPGs. I'm really proud of the stuff that I did there. I don't know necessarily that I have the juice or the drive to do any more of that. <laughs> so that I have an important... This is... Uh, a actually now that you mention it, uh, since since what you're what you're implying is that is that what's on the feed <laughs> might be it. I have an extremely important. This is maybe the most important Fuck. question that I Jeff Stormer have ever asked you. Uh-oh. Who is the winner, Taylor? <laughs> uh, well, we're actually I'm I'm hijacking the show and um we're gonna throw the prompt out the window and actually oh, what our shit. real prompt is. Is Horsecock the paladin? He's he's oh, a paladin. No. He has the biggest dick in the world. <laughs> oh um, no! Shit. The cursed prompt. Oh, yeah. Horsecock the paladin is cursed. Um, <laughs> but what? Something I will say though about all of this that we're talking about. Hey, listener, we're back. <laughs> we're with you. Um, is <clears throat> something that's like that's been on my mind lately. Is mm. I've been kind of like thinking about all my relationships in like the tabletop industry and mm-hmm. podcasting industry. And I've been thinking about how they started and they always start from the same place of like, I just like that person. Mm-hmm. And then we start thinking of like, how can I work with the pers- people that I like enjoy and yeah. like working with? And you see how like initially, yeah, you're just kind of like goofing around and hanging and like, or just spitballing mm-hmm. ideas or at a con hanging out. And, like, you really see all the cool stuff that has come from that, just, like, interacting on Twitter and, like, fucking off in discords and Mm -hmm. hanging at cons, getting, like, a burger. And this is such a cool culmination of what these, like, you know, seemingly simple six years ago relationships of, like, tweeting Mm -hmm. at each other Mm -hmm. and interacting on Discord can really lead to, like, meaningful friendships and making cool art together. Mm -hmm. And I just want listeners at home to remember that, that, like, if you and your friends want to just like fuck around and make a thing, you never know. It might be the most important thing that you've ever worked on. And that's for me, that's AMFC. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, just interacting with Taylor has helped culminate this show into making something that's like vastly important in my life. And mm-hmm. I want to make it something that's just absolutely huge. And it can come from like the silliest thing can oftentimes lead to like the most incredible experience, mm-hmm. which is basically the entire show as the show started with the tragedy of Samuel Gord, <laughs> you know, but like the this things that you don't write off basically experiences and don't write off things as like, oh, online silly friendships like hell no, those are meaningful and impactful and they can really have a massive impact on your life. So don't sleep on them. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's that's yeah. the energy that I'm trying to chase with tabletop, not like. I've given you twenty dollars. I you owe me part of your yeah. life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no Faustian bargains yeah. with fucking tabletop. Um, do you want to make a thing? I would love to make a thing. Yeah, let's make a let's make a fucking thing. So I'm really excited this week. Uh, prompt this week comes from our Discord from Eldritch Friend and Crab. Prompt: The God of Flowers that bloom in winter and their noble steed in quotes. Mm-hmm. So, first question is. 
What's your initial, you have any initial images or thoughts, anything that comes to mind? Yeah, I super love this. Um, and I, 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 y'all pitched a few prompts at me and this was the one that I, I felt like it spoke to my, my heart because. Yeah, chase that joy. Uh, I was really excited to answer the question, what's got you excited this week? Because my answer oh. is watching YouTube videos of closed ecosystems. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's like this a terrarium. Yeah. You mean like a terrarium? Like oh, a terrarium or terrarium a terrarium. Yeah, like a biosphere. Exactly. And an orb. Sure. Yeah, a biosphere and an <laughs> orb. Uh, I realized, like, as I was making dinner, I was like, I hope they don't give me shit for that biosphere. It's <laughs> a com- complete coincidence that this is what has been consuming my life. Um, but yeah, like videos of like people going down to like a, a lake or a river and getting a jar of like stuff. And seeing what's living there and how long it lives and how the biodiversity changes and how the ecosystem adapts and evolves. And it got me thinking about fantasy um, in a way that was like completely separated from me knowing that I was going to be coming on the show. And like thinking about like different closed ecosystems, not just on Earth, but like what would that look like in fantasy? So when when y'all pitched that to me... And I saw this like this prompt here. I was like, if if I don't do this and talk about closed ecosystems in Geode, I oh, will fuck. lose Whoa. my mind. <laughs> because you you know that that's ba- oh shit. That's essentially what we've been saying, hasn't it? If we said that every layer of the mountain city Geode is like a different environment and mm-hmm. ecosystem, that's basically like a, a terrarium. Yeah. Like every mm-hmm. floor, if you think of the, I always think of it as like a layered cake or a skyscraper. Mm-hmm. If every floor is like basically its own world yeah. with an ecosystem, that's essentially a fucking terrarium. Right? <laughs> oh, so shit. That's so sick. If you look at places on Earth, like the Galapagos Islands or like the island of Madagascar is a really great one where it's like, this is a, a piece of geography that through like through plate tectonics was separated so far because Madagascar used to be part of Africa so far removed that there are just like forms of life that don't exist anywhere else but this one island and I'm like if we have these like these pockets these really cool like crystalline cave systems that are cut off from the outside world like what does life look like there okay that's sick <clears throat> Okay, that slaps hard. <laughs> so this is the god of flowers that bloom in winter and their noble mm-hmm. seed. And this this essentially we can we could you want it want it to be a deity of this certain ecosystem of this bio like you know, because if you think of like what a deity is in like fantasy, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a, a being that can, you know, has supernatural power. But if you keep the scale down to a terrarium, yeah. it's just like unique to this one layer, not the entire planet as a whole. And also, if you hear a cool thunderstorm in the background, how cool is how <laughs> ominous is that? But anyway, that's some, that's some good ominous. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, also, I mean, going back to the, you know, uh, the 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 AMFC filling out a, a slot on the AMFC bingo board, uh, like gods were real mm-hmm. once. Yep. And the idea of like of like this is a uh, oftentimes a god is a person that filled a role in like the story of the world and and doing so became something greater than themselves so if this is the this is the god of flowers that bloom in winter they did something to protect a a like they did something to like earn that status and become part of like and earn that sort of like power and legacy and all that sort Mm -hmm. of stuff Mm -hmm. i love it i love it i know that i've pitched a lot at you 
I no like, no no. I, Wait, that's what you need. That's what you bet you better. <laughs> like I normally, so normally when we do a guest episode, my view is like let's take the reins for the first few minutes. We'll like get them comfortable <laughs> with it. But like with Taylor, I was specifically like, oh, he's gonna come with a bunch of wild ass props, and I'm real real excited. <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. Well, I have to give a shout out to previous guest star Riley Rethel um, and uh, and say that if we didn't take the idea of closed ecosystems and geode and the prompt, the god of winter uh, or the god of flowers that bloom in winter and talk about fucking Orpheus and Eurydice, then uh, I feel like I would let her down as a friend. Um, okay so, like i am imagining someone who like the only life form that goes like back and forth with ease between these two like systems between like geode and topside uh like being able to move uh and bring seasons from the outer world into into the the city of geode i think is is a very cool concept okay so that is okay. So, cool. so fuck. Okay. So that's a big concept. So hi, listener. Big uh, lore dump for you. Uh, if Geode is this giant mountain, every single there's layers cut into it mm-hmm. like a crepe cake. Each every crepe cake is its own self-contained ecosystem, basically self-contained world. We had said before that like even like every layer has its own night sky, has their own astral bodies. If they're really there, nobody knows, things like that, blah, blah. It's all very mysterious, magical, created by some kind of weird deity robot. Anyway, so that being said, what if seasons are added to this ecosystem by an outside entity, mm. and that's what this god of flowers is? So without it, before, before this god of flowers came to Geode, were all of the layers... Did they all have one season? You know what I mean? Like there was a mm. desert zone. Was it like more like an MMO where it's like, it's always the desert here. It's always the winter here. And did this deity come to Geode kind of like bless each ecosystem with like a full mm. cycle? Whatever the cycle is might be different, but. I ha- I have an immediate thought. Yeah. And I think I would love to like even narrow that further and maybe not talk about all of Geode about like a layer of geode and that like this god this god is a god of this like one neighborhood series of ton like you know what i mean like push the push the closed ecosystem concept even further and say like we're talking about like a slice of the cake mm, right okay. we're talking about so just this one. slice of the cake like is impacted by the presence of this god but if you go you know, 200 feet, which is equivalency of, like, an entire world in Geode, like, you go one layer up or one layer down, like, they're, they're, they, like, that might not have the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of local god energy is, like, the coolest shit. And it also adds to this weird mystery of this mountain that, like, there are self-contained ecosystems, self-contained deities, self-contained astral bodies and myths that go, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the implications yeah. of what this means to be a terrarium is a self-contained world means that every layer is a microcosm down to its like myths, down to its environment, down to its, we've said before, like plants, like everything mm-hmm. in each layer is unique down to local deities. And that's why I ask you this question. Hell yeah. Ahem. The god of flowers that bloom in winter and their noble steed, is this a machination of the machine god that dwells and has created the world of Geode? Or mm. is this, like, has this god been created naturally through the course of time in this self-contained ecosystem? Oh, 
Like I'm thinking very yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Simpsons Halloween episode with the tooth where the Coca-Cola mm-hmm. can is yep, poured on yep, it and yep. it contains its own. Is this something where like life has gotten so like, you know, life's life is happening in geode. Plants are growing, seasons are passing, you know, things die, things grow, astral bodies burn out in the sky. Is this just a natural occurrence where like the rise of a deity happens in this self-contained ecosystem? Or was this something that was added in by kind of like the god of the entire mountain, meaning the machine god, who is a person containing a relic? Hi, welcome to AMFC. <laughs> <laughs> if Jeff wasn't going to say it, I was. Oh, <laughs> <fuck>. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Taylor! Taylor, would you would you like to take it? like Aaron? Why can't it be both? <laughs> Thank you. So, so what you're implying is that basically, if you think of a terrarium, right? The three of us are standing around like this big glass yeah. jug, and inside is you know a bit. Imagine like a tiny sun that like rises and falls, mm. and a tiny moon over this world. If what we added in a deity, that's essentially what the machine god did. Here's my here's my big pitch. Because I'm thinking about closed ecosystems and I'm thinking about like the idea of an element of like an outside element that is added to create to bring something into that ecosystem. But it is tied to the concept that like it has to be used and it has to be deployed in a specific way. Specifically, what this brings to mind to me is very specifically castles in a fish tank. Okay. So because like a castle in a fish tank is like an outside, it's obviously an unnatural element, but like it often serves a very specific purpose of like (sighs) giving fish somewhere to rest, giving them places to like build plankton. And like it serves an ecological purpose as like a rock structure that that fish can use for their own like purposes. What if this what if the god what if the, the steed in particular is some sort of magical crystalline object or device or technology and the god of flowers that bloom in winter is the person that found the way to pull the divinity out of that out of that object out of those crystals and infuse the infuse this section of geode with this sort of Mm. magical energy may i give the quickest lore refresher for people who haven't listened in a while we haven't talked about geode in probably like 100 episodes yeah and then i'm gonna ask you to give a lore refresher on something else which i is gonna be related to what i pitch after this so hey listeners in the world of fantasy there are five relics that were given by the creators of the world fantasy and one of them is the terramancer's gauntlets that went to a dwarf at the beginning of time that never spoke never said a name no guiding word but received these Terramancer's gauntlets, pushed horrible horrors that were threatening the dwarves all the way down to the bottom of Geode, this mountain, and while pressing them down with each blast, carved a layer into Geode, thousands mm. upon thousands of layers. One, each one of these layers was then terraformed by the machine god once they were at the bottom and became their own world, and now the dwarves are free to explore, pick their own one, whatever one they're comfortable in. You live in that layer, you exist in that layer should you want, or you can go outside of Geode and live your life in the whole of fantasy whatever but basically the world of geode is in not an artificial machination but a terraformed mountain with each ecosystem being on a single layer created by a being who is kind of no one has ever seen this person before except for dig new earth i can't believe i remember this all off the top of my head <laughs> and this is what it's like to make this, this show Taylor, is that sometimes i just go like i just go aaron just fucking remembers these things and uh so basically the machine god is this being that a dwarf that dwells at the bottom of fantasy no one has ever spoken with them and they speak through robot 
Android like proxies whenever interacting with anybody. And that is why they have been seen as a machine god. Mm-hmm. That name is given to them. It is not their name. But basically, what you're saying is that the machine god left basically relics of their in the way that the five in our mythology left relics on the planet to give people five individuals godlike power and responsibility the machine god in every layer essentially leaves tech that can create local gods within these terrarium ecosystems um i do love that and i enjoy it very much and i <laughs> uh i want to combine that, was a that. Lore dump <laughs> i want to combine that with a lore dump that i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you to do right now because i okay. cannot remember the name of this freaking demon tree um, oh, the soul tree. S-O-L. S-O-L, yes. Because, um, like, I'm thinking if if we're really honing in on this idea of, like, a closed ecosystem and this god who brings flowers and the seasons changing, um, I'm I'm thinking, like, in terms of time, like, geologic time, like, yeah. this, the events that we're going to be talking about, I, I feel like have to take place over... Just a huge amount of time. Oh, no, I love that. I love that. And so we get this deity that forms because of natural phenomena, like a lot of different mythologies and like ways of thinking about the universe have formed uh, on Earth. Like I, I always love like thinking about ways that Earth history or the way that we think about Earth or like the way that we find information can then turn into like our fun, kooky genre storytelling. And, like, thinking about people like Johannes Kepler, who, uh, through his, like, studies of of astronomy, thought that he was getting closer to seeing the face of God. Um, Mm. And so I, like, I wonder if the story is is less about this actual deity maybe and more about someone in Geode who's, like, studying the effects of natural phenomena on, like, areas in geo that were like disrupted with this tech. Like if we see a crack in, uh, like in fantasy's mantle, uh, and I think the, maybe the only powerful thing enough is the soul tree that like the roots go down deep enough, you know, underground rivers bring nutrients, bring seeds, uh, from the top side down through, uh, like the layers of rock in geode. And so we see flowers that like are sprouting in geode when it's winter on the surface. So I'm almost thinking like flowers that bloom in winter is less about like, you know, we have this plant that somehow like bursts out of out of the snow, but more like it really emphasizing it's another world down here. I love that. Do we want to tie in? I love Jeff. I loved your castle yeah, idea, yeah. The, the fish tank castle. How do we marry these ideas? How do we bring that in? Because that gets me horny. Because I love like mysterious. Because <laughs> it's it's so true of our own world that like you know a lot of fantasy has like ancient ruins of a mm-hmm. lost time. But like that is what in real life pulls so much of our imagination and inspiration is like stuff we don't understand. Our brain starts to wander and we create myths from it. Mm-hmm. So like how help me. <laughs> okay, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a pitch. As I was, I was sitting and I was listening to all these lore dumps, and I've got like a big pitch. Hit me with the bag. What if these weren't necessarily like mechanic, like gifts that were given with a mm. purpose? For one thing, like the, the 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 legend is the machine god punched and punched and punched, and each punch 
caused like a ripple and caused like a gap in the in the mountain. Mm-hmm. What if like imbued with that magical power, the literal power of like world creation? And we kind of said that like that sort of causes the crystals that, that form the interior of Geo to carry their own kinds of magic. Yes. The the sort of ma- the sort of magical pulse that like causes this like giant hole, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Causes like structures that are imbued with like the direct. So it's sort of a like mythological way to describe it would be like this was this was planted here. This this magic was placed here by the machine god. Yeah. When really what happened is a particular cluster of things of stones, a particular like cave formation mm-hmm. of crystal and rock was so charged with magic that like it was just kind of like a like waiting to explode. I like that a lot because it it does fill into what we just talked about in real life where a lot of the times myths are placed on it's actually kind of just ordinary something that happened, but the myth yeah. that's placed on it is larger than the life. This is like of course it's magical where like, you know, a person punched their way down to the bottom of a mountain and but in that simply just imbued mm. these layers of mountain with the power to terraform you know and and the other half of that that i want to propose going back to the visuals of the castle and the theming of the castle mm-hmm. and really leaning into the otherworldly sort of like getting weird with the with the with the ecosystem mm-hmm. what if it is quite literally like a magical coral reef situation okay <laughs> so wait so it's not so much a god as it is like uh, a naturally occurring phenomena. The god might still be like a might still be a person, but like, and it might be that they were the person to like identify your kind of track over time the 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 growth and decay of the oh. of the coral that formed on this structure. They might be something else entirely. They might be a farmer that cultivated this that maybe brought some of these cultures elsewhere within this layer of the of the of of geode but like the the steed Mm. as we think about the steed what i'm thinking is like it is this this cluster of rocks and this thriving but seasonal mass of coral of coral reef and mushroom and like uh like things that like grow off of these crystals and then that brings us to the question of how did the god use this like use this in harmony with this with this natural wonder mm-hmm. that formed out of the magic of the creation of the space to achieve a sense of divinity themselves. I have a pitch because hearkening back to Taylor saying that this is just a terrarium and a, a self-contained ecosystem, that means that the tropes that we know and that we've made in fantasy apply here just on a slightly smaller scale. Mm-hmm. We're like someone living in this world came upon these magically charged fungi, coral, you know, and were they, like, blessed with power in the way that, like, you know, that trope is found in traditional fantasy often. Is this a self-contained, like, hero story? You know what I'm saying? Or is it something else? That's sick. No, that is sick. I hear what you're Mm -hmm. saying. Because you said a local, you said a local deity before. I thought of, like, you know, in every, like, Zelda, you Mm -hmm. know, Link finds Mm -hmm. the Master Sword, becomes this. Someone finds the Triforce, becomes Ganondorf. Is this something where, like, someone stumbled upon this one coral, this one fungus that exists in this one layer of geode within the terrarium that is this giant mountain within the planet of fantasy and this local deity who can bring the flowers and within in winter. this one within this one cluster of crystal like it's 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 yes. even like a smaller system therein of like within this small cluster of crystals there is 
a coral reef and within this coral like oh the, I see the what life that exists in this coral reef like something something happened the spark of something is is buried within this one cluster of crystals in this one layer of a mountain in this one mountain on this one fantasy world. and it's still all tied back to the power of the five the power of mm-hmm. the people who created mm-hmm. the world and it's just trickled down like I think of honestly, like this is corny, but like a crystal stalactite or something, where that little drop over time. You said I want to think about the passage of time. Perhaps this is literally just these fungi, these crystalline, you know, coral are just drips mm-hmm. that over time have built up to these little tiny coral fungi, and eventually gave someone the ability to make flowers in the winter, mm. or spread seasons, or something. How does that work? Uh, I love that. Uh, I'm going to connect it to another thing about Earth that I think is very cool. Um, Let's go. Which is deep sea corals. Uh, so uh, for for forever and ever, we used to think that coral only lived in like shallow waters. Because like for those who don't know what coral is, it's a symbiotic relationship between uh, like bacterium and like I think a... Uh, like a type of algae, like it's an it's an animal and a plant living together, and the animal creates the skeleton that we see as coral. The plant lives inside and photosynthesizes mm-hmm. and provides energy and nutrients for, uh, like the the animal part of the coral. So we used to think, you know, like if there's no way that this relationship could exist without the sun, until we found a literal deep sea coral reefs where it's like there's actual coral here living down so deep that light doesn't penetrate the water, um, and we had to challenge our ideas about how the universe worked and how the world worked and like how life worked. And I'm almost wondering if like that situation is kind of like this. And I'm I'm so jazzed that you said coral, Jeff, because like it immediately sparked that within me, and it was like. Here is someone who who is thinking this changes how I view the world. Therefore, it has to be divinity and someone who spends their life like like researching this weird, this coral that, that, that blooms in the winter. This this it's only here. What's that quote? Like mathematics shows the fingerprint of God or whatever. Or it's like uh, that, that quote bangs. If that's the one, you fucking that slaps. Um, <laughs> Just dropping that shit on like thirty five minutes into yeah, an episode. Like, fuck, fuck me up. That's oof, uh, that's a slapper. Y'all ever heard of the religious philosophy known as Gnosticism, uh, which is the the idea that the path to enlightenment lies through understanding and broadening broadening your own uh, like personal knowledge about the world. Um, fuck. It's a very cool and benign. Uh, philosophy that hasn't uh, devolved whatsoever into uh, sapiosexuals. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, uh, so I'm like thinking like, is this something that someone is so fascinated with? And I mean, we know, we know as Jeff, Taylor, and Aaron that this comes from the power uh, that was that was left by the gauntlets, this, this power that's yes. thrumming through the rocks. This person has, like, there's no sign. No one's coming up there and standing there and saying, you know, no. th- this, is, this is what this is. They- there's no burning bush in fantasy. Like, fantasy works like our world, where you have to make sense. People on fantasy have to make sense of their world, and therefore mm. myths and legends spring up. There is a burning tree. There's no burning bush, but there is... <laughs> <laughs> there's a burning tree. There's a burning tree. 
and it is a demon and it must be defeated. <laughs> um, yep. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking like this person who is like researching like the, the cracks in the earth led by like ecological secession from uh, the soul tree, the, the like weird magical energies of uh, these, these primordial artifacts, these like cosmological beings. Uh, And like the thing that like, to me is really special is something that's at the heart of AMFC, which is like all of this stuff is going on. That's like bigger than life. That's like huge. That's cosmological that like operates on a scale way outside of us. Well, the stories Mm -hmm. that really touch my heart are like the ones that are like, this is immediate. Like this is one one life. This is one soul yeah. in this world. Because um, that's what it's all about, Taylor, yeah. is like, you know, the more we we just had that fucking telescope photo come out oh. that makes my stomach churn, you know, but it like I put it on Twitter before. It's like it feels like you're so insignificant mm. in the grand scheme of the cosmos when in reality, no, you can make very large impacts on a smaller scale that still matter. They're still mm-hmm. very important. And that is AMFC. We're like, yes, there's gods and cosmic beings and constellations and horrors, but it still doesn't make that mm-hmm. fucking cobbler making shoes for the town any less important, even if he's not slaying fucking dragons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I I immediately feel like I've got a handle. First off, uh, Aaron, I, I do want to apologize for the last minute and a half. I like slightly twist moved my microphone a, a little bit away from my face. Uh, and then in doing so, like, knocked it off of the table <laughs> so I, I i did no i i, I apologize to editor aaron <laughs> oh. for the minute and a half of like oh that's fine that's fine i hope the listeners at home have you been hearing the thunderstorm sounds by the way uh, we have not uh there's thunder also there's also thunder on my end Yo. that might be coming through this is gonna, this be, an is gonna be an ominous, ominous episode <laughs> and i had to keep that in where i'm like all right but please go ahead um uh, i'm starting to tie things together in my head and also Taylor, you mentioning symbiosis is like also kind of got my wheels spinning a little bit. What it like? Because also there's an idea of magic in AMFC specifically that is like you it, the magic and its core is like someone that puts such care into something or does something for so long or becomes so skilled at something that they begin to change the way that reality works around them. And like they they imbue the work that they're doing with a sense of magic. And so also thinking about the idea of symbiosis, if this was a person that like was that like found this crystalline structure, this cavern, this, you know, rock formation, this this thing, this crystalline thing that had been formed by like the the burst of power that carved out this cave and within it you know like you said like the the animal is the skeleton of the coral and the plant Mm -hmm. is inside and if we're talking about plants that bloom in winter found plants and like things and like coral like structures or fungal like structures or something that like bloomed and decayed in a rhythm Mm. and studied this to such a degree that like they get that understanding of it started to like flow and started to like that what if that magic channeled through them and suddenly like that like maybe not this exact plant because that gets into like invasive species mm-hmm. stuff but like the idea that like plants and like cultivation and like you know like like light like all like this sort of plant life magically forms out of them like studying this and like 
that is why they are the god of this is because like they understood the logic like they they found an understanding of this to a point where they imbued the rest of this closed environment with these sorts of plants that have a life cycle to them and now they are they are they have they have spread that energy and that knowledge and that magic throughout this one section of geode that is thriving with like coral reefs and like mm. Uh, like like fungal coral reefs, which is the sickest like combination yeah. <laughs> of words and visual that I could throw out of like and like that has spread throughout in like a really in a really kind of naturalist way of like it their 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 understanding of this got to a place that was so deep that it in the way that magic does in all my fantasy children it echoed out and imbued this one section of the world with that sort of seasonal magic and they became the god of flowers that bloom mm. in winter. Mm-hmm. I really like this because of the spirit of Geode as a whole and its creation about like terraforming and making your own space of comfort, mm-hmm. you know, and having every layer has something for everyone where if you don't like this, you can move somewhere else mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like if you're not comfortable in this environment, you can just go to a literally different world should you want. It kind of captures that spirit too, that someone was gifted the power to literally terraform Mm. but in a way that's like responsible and actually fits in with the ecosystem they're not like strong arming an idea of like and then the flowers come up here you said that it's from study and it's from care that that means Mm -hmm. that they are catering to it it, i imagine that this layer might not have been in homeostasis Mm -hmm. exactly and this person brought balance to the natural world a flora and fauna. Yeah. That's sick. That's so sick. Can I add one one thing onto that and just like you can do that? What, you, can, you can do a fucking million things. You can just say no to it if you want. I, I fuck all of this. We're going back to the fantasy soda. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, like, I, so I was watching, um, what was it that I was watching? It was something about, uh, it was some nature documentary Um and it was about, yes, here it is. Uh, it was Our Planet, the the David Attenborough series, specifically the episode on forests. Um, and like really specifically uh, the part where they, uh, they return to Chernobyl and see how like the whole environment has just reclaimed that area that humans yeah. no longer mm. live in. And like there there's a thriving thriving ecosystem where like animal population densities there yes, are like yes. way better than anywhere else in the there, surrounding it's like, like it's back it's like the the animals have like reclaimed this yeah. urban zone as their own and so i'm wondering if like cuz and, and i'm thinking again about geologic time like we th- we think about here's where i'm going to get all literary uh we have a three act structure that we've just accidentally happened on combining all of these these things and concepts of like go on please elaborate the, i'm like ooh really act, i didn't even notice act 1 is these artifacts the the imbuing of power within geode the cracking of the earth the the impact etc act 2 is this person noticing a phenomena uh, studying it, like cultivating coral, doing experiments, like learning more, observing the natural world around them and then act three is like, after those experiments are done, they didn't destroy that life. They, you know, they had just been spending a whole lifetime, like making flowers bloom in winter. That life isn't going to disappear. 
And so we see that like blossom and bloom into the reef, the like beautiful, the thriving world and ecosystem that we've been talking about. And so this person at the end of their life, once, you know, who cares if they ever get understanding of what, what the deity behind this is, um, like they've created this world. They have become that local deity. I Mm -hmm. am obsessed with this so much because it, it truly created like this myth. Even if this person never sees the the world that they've created the mm-hmm. ecosystem that they've balanced they still exist as the god of the god that you know the deity that made flowers bloom in the winter yeah did the legend grow after they were deceased okay because oftentimes legends are based on a real person that mm-hmm. like you know paul bunyan might have been a motherfucker who chopped some trees but they certainly didn't have a big blue ox you know <laughs> is it kind of this where like there was a person who was yes gifted the power you know blah 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 magic made the ecosystem in balance but generations later were people looking back and this person you know is studied and they discover evidence of a person who balanced the ecosystem and eons later because you said geological time passes is that when they are acknowledged as the deity mm. when this person in their lifetime was just taking care and gave a shit about the ecosystem and about this crystalline fungi and about creating homeostasis in this ecosystem, mm-hmm. you know, did their thing, like you said at the beginning of the episode, just fucked around in the mud and like cared about balancing yeah. out this world. They died a very, they lived an ordinary life according to their terms. They just cared about the place they lived in mm-hmm. and wanted their their world to have, you know, flowers and seasons and a flower that could bloom in the winter because perhaps... You know, it's edible in this part of, you know, Geo. They, they need flowers mm-hmm. in order to do something. They mm-hmm. die a very n- normal existence. You know, no legends were spread about them. Eons later, when the war- this, this layer of geode is in perfect balance and flowers bloom in the winter, is that when people are like, well, this was clearly given to us by this person who balanced it, the god that made flowers bloom in the winter. Mm. Is that the case? Or is this person still with us? And they are seen as the god that blooms, that made flowers bloom in winter. I, I, I really love the idea that they, that they, I love the idea that they lived a life and like, cause like there's something, there is something really beautiful about that. The, the idea that like, there's, there's two ways, there's two reasons I want to, I want to go in this direction. One is like, there's genuinely just something beautiful about like the goal, the, the reward that this person got, the thing that they got in exchange for all of the studying and understanding was a lifetime of study and understanding. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like there's something quite beautiful about that. Pulling from what Taylor said earlier about tabletop, where it's like mm-hmm. you, you do it because you enjoy it and you mm-hmm. don't want, you know, accolades and money. You do it because you're enjoying making terrariums. You're enjoying playing in the mud and building structures. That's what gave this person satisfaction, not the pursuit of being a fucking deity. Sorry. And and the other thing is uh we're we're I'm throw we're going we're going back to some deep lore here Take and I back. will give the lore <laughs> refresher which is that like uh when someone dies in fantasy mm-hmm. they leave a footprint on the the ley lines of the universe their spirit like echoes out and it is the it is their it is their their deeds in life and their impact on the world that fundamentally changes the world around them so what I'm hearing both of you say is like maybe is and maybe that's the missing piece of the puzzle of like how these plants spread out from outside of these this 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 crystalline structure right and maybe it is quite literally this is a person that finds like a cave a crystal like a crystal cave or like uh like a fortress of solitude ass bunch of crystals (laughs) 
And they spend their life, like, walking around it, studying the plants, like, coming to know and love the plants and, like, achieve, helping achieve that homeostasis. And when they die, like, the amount of understanding and care and, like, love that they brought hits the ley line and suddenly, like, this world quite literally changes. Like, the, the oh. makeup of the world mm. literally changes and suddenly there are flowers that that bloom in winter that spread throughout this section of geoda the whole it is maybe not like a conscious thing that they did maybe it is quite literally the result of a lifetime of study that impacted the world in a very cosmic and magical and positive sense mm. i would like to figure out not the name of the person as they were in life because i i love this idea in geode where like we the machine god is just a person who gave a shit and like mm -hmm. that title was given by people who appreciate the things that they have now because of them. Mm -hmm. What do people in the future call this person who made the flowers grow? Like, what's the deity name? Mm. You know, Oracle of Seasons is from Zelda and it's very good, but I don't. I just wanted to have that as like maybe a sparking catalyst. For <laughs> I'm, I'm working on something. The, the gears are turning. Good. Yay. Because I kind of want to reference... I want to reference Deep Sea Coral. I want to give a nod to like the the vocation of like study. And I just finished reading a book called Why Fish Don't Exist. It's a book about taxonomy Fuck and yeah. a really horrible scientist. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's a beautiful book, uh, but this dude was uh, this dude was a eugenicist. Oh, fuck him! <laughs> fuck him! Fuck him! <laughs> so I'm I'm trying to think of like something to do with like. A scientific name like we get a name of like like um ursa ursa americana is like the american bear or like uh mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. whatever like the scientific name uh i just googled deep water coral species uh lophelia profusa or pertusa is one i like the idea of like lophelia like l-o-p-h-e-l-i-a i love that a lot the that's the local deity name is lophelia yeah. Lophelia Reef. Lophelia yeah. Reef made the flowers grow in the winter. Like yep. made yep, yep, yep. made the seasons swirl. And like the legends about Lophelia Reef are as vast as, you know, any 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 mythical creature being Zeus and you know Ares, you know, Persephone, all these stories. That's what Lo Lophelia, Lophelia, right? Lophelia yeah. Reef. That's what Lophelia Reef is in this layer where it's like, oh, you know, we have to thank Lophelia for the seasons. And, you know, I, I just love that this microcosm has its own myth and it's fucking a banger. God. Now, I got two things. I got two things, two closing notes. Okay. One, uh, a juicy thing for us to pull on later is the idea that, like, the, the that crystalline gift, right? Not in a gift in a literal sense, but as a, like, remnant of such profound power that is this crystalline structure. The implication is that those are somewhere in every like, and they might be multiples, but like the idea that there are art, there are like crystalline fucking artifacts scattered throughout Geo. Mm -hmm. Oh God, yeah, that things are left behind that aren't weren't intentionally to inspire wonder and give magical gifts, but they do. Mm -hmm. And two, uh, I've got the plant god table backgrounds in front of me, so I'm gonna go ahead and give us a roll on a D6 for a quality. Wait, are you serious? <laughs> Two, suffer for, for a pretty, pretty face. Oh, uh, thank you. Know, Philia Reef. Philia Reefs. You know, they're fucking human. Sort of whatever. I don't <laughs> mm -hmm. know what culture they are, but you know, they they they're sucker for a pretty face. And honestly, who <laughs> fuck isn't? 
<laughs> I just, I just, I really thought I felt like Taylor would appreciate more than anybody bringing bringing back a good tables joke. You, you got me out of the blue because I was, I had that in my pocket. I was like, it, as we gotta before we finish this episode, we gotta determine some personality traits, and if they're not a sucker for a pretty face, I'm walking. <laughs> they might have dedicated their life to studying, but also like you know, liked a pretty face. Mm-hmm. I. <laughs> Ah, uh, I feel like that's a good, that's a good, that's a wrap, I think. God <laughs> damn. Ah, uh, that was a slapper. How do you feel, Taylor? You ready to wrap? Or do you have any last minute deets you want to throw on? Any sprinkles uh, on top of the Sunday? I realized that we've completely neglected their steed. <laughs> um, well, okay. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay. I got a, I got a thought, I have but no go ahead. thoughts. <laughs> okay, so I had thought that Steed was the vehicle for which the power was given or the vehicle Ooh. for which this traversed, meaning the mushroom crystalline. Yeah, that yeah, was my thought. Like was like was like it's a mix of like it's somewhere between the actual crystalline structure is the 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 quote unquote steed mm-hmm. and like the reef itself that 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 they studied was like the steed as the as the thing that they worked with to unlock their power. Ah, I also have a thing too. If these are crystalline mushroom uh, coral, the within the very crystals, we've said before in AMFC that the crystals hum with the voices of the ley lines. Mm. Perhaps that frequency of the voice of Philia, Philia? Uh, yeah, Lophelia. The, the voice of Lophelia Reef is carried on the hum of these crystals, and that is that is the vehicle that carries them into the present. You know, that's the steed. It's metaphorical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Sick. Dang. Oh, thank you so much to Eldritch, Friend, and Crab for sending this prompt. Uh, th- this slapped so hard. Also, thank you, Taylor, for coming on the show and doing this. This is fucking sick. Hell yeah. This has been a dream. Like, we said it at the top of the show. Like, longtime listener, first-time caller. You know, <laughs> I could not have asked for a better way to spend my afternoon. Oh. I think I think a fun thing should be every year you come on and we make a local deity in Geode. I do love that. Right? I think that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, less. Uh, it doesn't have to be every year, but we make like yeah. a local deity in the terrarium. Because <laughs> I love Ooh. fleshing out Geode is like this weird other world. It's almost like mm-hmm. uh, like you know the, how sub worlds have subterranean worlds, and it's almost like mm-hmm. a different entire. This is like what I am grabbing onto that feeling of like oh shit, it's like a different world. I would love that if you would if you mm-hmm. be down mm-hmm. with that, or you just come on Absolutely. and make an episode. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be just that. <laughs> but thanks for coming on and doing this. This is this was a slapper. If you'd like to submit a prompt of your own to all my fantasy children, so we can make dope shit. There's so many ways you can do it, and Jeff. Would you like to tell the people at home how they can do it? No. That's fine. <laughs> anyway. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah, figure it out. Fucking Google uh, it. You can you can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. You can post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash all my fantasy children. You can email them to us at all my fantasy children at gmail.com. Or you can go to bit.ly slash AMFC discord and post them in the prompt submission channel. All My Fantasy Children is proud to be a part of the One Shot Podcast Network. The One Shot Podcast Network is a beautiful beach umbrella that encompasses brilliant creators, game designers, podcasters of all walks of life that come together to create incredible stories, do incredible works, and make tabletop and podcasting a more inclusive and positive place to hang out. Find everything One Shot Podcast at OneShotPodcast.com.
Jeff, do you have a verbal hug this week? Every episode, we love to send you listeners off with a verbal hug. That's pretty much uh, advice that we need to hear and we want you to hear too. Mm-hmm. Just echoing kind of what we had already said earlier, like like even like celebrate and take and appreciate and get to know the things, uh, the passions of you that your friends share mm-hmm. and also like the things that they make, whether that's hashtag content or just like you know, like a delicious baked good or something else entirely, or if it's just playing in the mud, like take the time to, to, to celebrate and appreciate and get to know the things that your friends do and make and love, because like, that is the, that is the thing. Those are the things that are going to like build the longest lasting friendships. And Mm -hmm. those are the things that like over the years, like you are going to again and again and again, find those opportunities to say, holy shit, like, we have found a thing that we share, and, like, it rules so much, uh, because, uh, the other personal thing that I will drop here is, uh, Taylor, uh, um, the friendship note that I will drop to, t- to my good friend Taylor, who is here on the call with us, Ooh. watching you fall in love with, uh, the greatest art form, yeah. uh, that exists in the world, <laughs> and my beloved, beautiful, uh, passion of professional wrestling, has been like such a distinct joy oh. and like it brings me it makes me so unbelievably happy and so like and that is that's what exactly what i mean is like finding those times to just be like hey like this is a thing that i'm loving and i, I and finding the people to celebrate those things with is the mm-hmm. most magical experience that you are going to have as a person as a creator as a as a just as a life those are the things that matter the most mm-hmm. that is awesome and Hell yeah. I want Taylor to go last. Um, <laughs> uh, so in, in this same vein, like we keep talking about, like I, I was so inspired by your opening thing about like just kind of doing stuff because you like it and not giving mm-hmm. a shit if it like yields results. Mm-hmm. That is so much a lot of like what's in the show is that kind of sentiment about crystallization. And especially in terms mm-hmm. of like what we talked about at the beginning of this whole relationship between the three of us is this like slow drip buildup of over time that like has yielded such a cool fucking thing. And Mm -hmm. I'm just so glad that it gets to be a part of our show. And my verbal hug is basically if you're in your little ecosystem and you're looking out at the earth and it's all barren and there's no flowers yet and there's no fruit, keep watering, keep giving it love and attention because you care about it and you want something to grow And eventually, Mm -hmm. flowers can grow in winter if you will it. If you Mm -hmm. want that to happen, nourish, love, and foster your relationships and your passions. And you, like Lophelia Reef, can Mm -hmm. grow flowers in the snow. And that's what AMFC is, is flowers in the fucking snow. Taylor, what you got? Um, Well, now mine's going to seem silly. No, Uh, no, 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 no. (laughs) I'll pull I'll pull a serious one off the top of my dome here uh, and say that um, I I think that we've talked a lot about like doing things and like having fun and all this stuff. And it's like sometimes the answer to what should I do in this situation is to observe uh, and say, like, just like Lophelia, like, take a step back, say, here's something that I see that is profound in front of me. What does that mean to the world? What does that mean to myself? What can I do to engage with this, to like further my understanding? Like, how do I incorporate this knowledge into my own being? 
just like be aware, observe. Uh, I've gotten really into gardening over the past few years and the giant drive behind that is me going, me seeing something and go, going, that's really cool. I want to learn more about that. Let's plant that next year. And just going from there. Uh, the one that I was going to say uh, until uh, I, I moved that big philosophical one uh, up there is just a reminder to myself, uh, maybe even, that you can have goals uh, as simple and as silly as you want. And my New Year's resolution is to smoke more weed and jack off more. Um, <laughs> Fucking God. Just, you know, I'm going to say uh, that's my verbal hug. It's just I'm going to tell you guys, you know, all the listeners, smoke more weed, jack off more. Holy shit. <laughs> that is the fucking last thing I have ever expected on our show. And you have successfully put in the first piece of blue content in this entire show. <laughs> it has never I'm been done so before. Deli- I'm so delighted. So you I'm broke so new ground. You introduced Slipperless into this world, helped build yep. the grand universe, uh-huh. and you added blue content into AMFC. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. I want to say, I want to say, uh, <laughs> loath as I am to create more, de- like part of part of the part of the beauty of this character is is their mystique. But I will say, uh, the phrase uh, "smoke more weed and jack off more" is is emblazoned on the shield of Gundro, the most fuckable dwarf. <laughs> Gundro, the most fu- yes, Gundro, the most fuckable dwarf. That crest, the lost <laughs> shield that's at like the bottom of a well in a dungeon, guarded by like a lich lord. <laughs> on that shield, engraved on the side that faces you, so that you can remind yourself, emblazoned in beautiful <laughs> runes. In these runes, when when the wielder holds it, when the rightful wielder of Gundro's shield, they lift it up, you'll know that it's your shield because in the fiery runes will appear that say, "Smoke more weed, jack off more." Wow! Wow! Holy fucking yeah. shit! Damn, is that a wrap? Is that all we do on this podcast, Jeff? I believe that is all we do. So until next time, good Good night night and good good game. game. Uh, Hey, everybody. We are Wind on the Wind. Fuck yeah! Oh, let's go! And uh, sing a little song about someone very important to me. That's Gundro, the most fuckable dwarf. Oh, let's go! Fuck yeah! Oh, Gundro! Haha, <laughs> yeah. I'm excited too. So let's get this thing started. They say to know a dwarf, you gotta know their words. And when I say the words, I mean the garden word. But one dwarf in particular, well, he makes his own fate. Who's that? And that's Gundro. Ha! The world's most fuckable dwarf. I didn't write him. Smoke more weed and jack off more. Taylor LeBrest said to smoke more weed and jack off more.
see smoke more weed and jack, jack off more. more. I'm gonna do it. Well, that's what Gundro says. And Taylor LaBresh made him up. Yes, oh, he come did. Come on now, smoke more. Sort of key change. He said it on Taylor's show. Yes, he did. It wasn't from my show. It was all from Taylor's podcast. Well, so don't play show. me, but smoke more, more weed and jack off more. I said smoke more weed. Did I mean myself that? Because Taylor said that on Taylor's podcast. I can't be held accountable for smoke more weed and jack off more. Fuck yeah. Smoke more weed and jack off more. Gondro says to smoke more weed and jack off more. We're almost there. A little brush made Gundro. He did. I didn't make Gundro. No, I didn't. Blame Gundro on Taylor. Blame him. But more importantly, smoke more weed and jack. This song's getting obnoxious. Fuck yeah! More, 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 more. Jack off more. Don't blame me, blame Teller the Brush for this song. Goodbye.